Welcome to The Worst Writer in the World. The story you're about to hear is a little different to what we've done on this show before, because it's not a story written by young Howard and read by me. This one is a Gret Binchleaf adventure, which Howard and I took it in turns to write. Basically, the first chapter was by Howard, then I wrote a chapter and read it to him, and so on, until we got to the end. We didn't plan the story at all, and we had no idea when we started what it would be about or where it would go. Some of you may have heard this one before, as we originally released it on the Gret Binchleaf feed, which is no longer active. We decided to bring all our stories into one place, so future Gret Binchleaf books will also appear here, on The Worst Writer in the World. If you mainly listen for young Howard stories, don't worry, we have many more coming soon. For example, after this Gret Binchleaf story, which we'll be releasing very quickly, we have a massively extended version of The Candle of Ever over three episodes, and then I'll start reading Stars, a fantasy sitcom about a group of adventurers trying to save the world from jelly monsters, which Howard wrote when he was 14. Hopefully, we'll be getting to that in early February. If you love Gret Binchleaf, all seven books and many short stories are available right now from patreon.com forward slash manbycow. And some of them will be appearing here for free on The Worst Writer in the World at some point in the future. Now it's time to listen to this book, which we wrote and recorded in 2014. If you've never heard Gret Binchleaf before, this is a good place to start, because although it was the second book we wrote, it was a prequel to the first, and therefore serves as the best introduction to the character. This episode includes chapters one and two, with the first one being by your favourite writer and mine, Mr Howard Long. The continuing adventures of Gret Binchleaf, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. Do we have a title? I've, I have written a title. I only wrote the title yesterday, and, um, and it's, it's very much open to um, open to change. <clears throat> okay, what is it? Um, it's called Gret Benchleaf and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs. <laughs> okay. And this is chapter one. So does chapter one also have a title? Yeah, of course. It does. Okay, what's that? On your marks, Gret set go. <laughs> it was a dark night. The type of night where the sun has gone down. He hadn't quite got his trousers on properly, but such minor details weren't of any import. Not today. He was on a mission, of sorts. His 72 Ford Cortina cruised through the sleepy country lanes. An image of a pointy hat against a dazzling starscape with the moniker Space Wizard was emblazoned on the doors. <laughs> Good. Up until this job offer, the Space Wizard, or Gret, as was his civilian name, had been struggling for money because he had refused to do children's parties. Gret hated kids, with good reason. He had been one once, and that kid had succeeded in losing his own parents. Yeah. Stupid kids. But his stubborn pride and unsound reasoning had finally paid off, and tonight he was to perform at the Cotillionaires Charity Ball Fish Egg Chow Down and Photo Opportunity Luau. As he approached the massive mansion, he remembered pedantically that all mansions are massive. <laughs> As he parked in front of the regular-sized mansion, <laughs> which was massive, just so we're clear, he happened to glance up at an attic window and thought he saw the most beautiful woman ever in the Ooh. world ever. Wow. He did a double take. <laughs> yeah. But when he looked again, she was still there, <laughs> giggling and jiggling her bazookas. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Um, welcome to the first, the first female character. 
of the news story, the very first appearance of a female <laughs> character, and what's the first thing that she does? The first thing that she does is wiggle her boobs in a window at the main character. I take it it's going to get a lot better after it this. It's going to yeah. get a lot better after that, don't worry. Crikey, he gulped. I don't know what voice we're going with here. Crikey, he gulped. Uh, a completely new one, okay. apparently. Crikey, he gulped. He threw away his bottle of driving whiskey and did a triple take, at which point she was gone. Ah, a trick of the light, he thought to himself. And he should know about tricks, having recently graduated from magic school. He should also know about lights, since he owned a lamp. But he didn't, and he hadn't figured out how to turn it on yet. This, of course, made getting dressed all the more challenging, and almost explained why his trousers were on his head. Okay, good. Mm. Uh, but we didn't fully explain it because the no. real reason was because he gl- he grows clothes. He grows, grows clothes. And, um, and hasn't worked out how to do it properly yeah, yet, so he's still growing yeah, trousers out of his head. head. Yeah. <laughs> the party was in full swing. It was posh and elegant, and to Gret's dismay, he immediately learned that he'd been hired to entertain the kids. Most of them were crying. Probably for no good reason, thought Gret. In order to extricate himself from this hell, during his first trick, Gret decided to pick himself as a volunteer. He then quickly made himself vanish, leaving the Dumbo kids to pick their idiotic noses, wet their pig-ignorant pants, and do whatever else empty-headed, foolish kids do. Stupid kids. Gret's, uh, Gret hates kids, because uh, he, he says says in the paragraph earlier... Because he hates him, himself as mm. a kid. It's a new side to his self obviously he's also got projecting that... on other children. Yeah, he's also got that split personality problem, so next week he might love kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not too much, though. I... <clears throat> oh, who knows? Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Mm. Is it possible to love a kid too much? No. Oh, there you go, then. Just rub them really hard. I love you. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, Howard is miming rubbing a kid like on top of the head at the moment. Nothing, yeah. nothing weird. He's just suggesting that rubbing a kid. I don't, I don't want to say rubbing a kid on the head. That still sounds rude. It's not rude. I mean, you it ruffle their hair. Yeah, I know. I know. That's that's it's okay. Nice, you know. But you, it's a minefield, isn't it? Yeah. Talking about rubbing children is a minefield. <laughs> you can't, like you can't do it without sounding like you're being inappropriate. But we're not. No. What we're saying is that sometimes it's necessary to, to, to rub, rub a child, child in like a perfectly innocent without yeah, and without expecting to blow up at any moment. <laughs> exactly. So. No, no. If you're there thinking that we're terrorists because yeah. we want to rub children, you're wrong. Yeah. If you're thinking that somebody has hidden a bomb inside one of these twelve children, and you've got to, you've got to rub six of them and hope you don't explode, then yeah. what? Why are you thinking that? <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> okay. Gret went. Gret went to find something to eat. He was momentarily terrified by a plate of tiny pies like this. Shit, goblins! A plate of tiny pies. <laughs> Until a calming, angelic, and probably Scottish voice explained. Actually, they're not pies. They're volivants. What the duck's patootie is a volivant, he said. <laughs> a canopy, she replied. Well, if you canopy, it's lucky that they're free, said Gret. <laughs> then, having forced eight of the knot pies into his mouth, he finally turned to the owner of the possibly Scottish voice, and that was when he fatefully saw her. She was a... <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> it's not funny, it's not funny. No, I'm worried because it's a female character and I'm assuming you're going to be start describing her tits next. Because <laughs> that's what usually happens when you introduce a female character. You know... You know... <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? That's what's going to happen. I can't believe... I was only joking. <laughs> Not quite, but I mean... I think you like... Have... You know, you 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 under uh, you are seriously under uh, under expectations for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because well, like, only for the female. You're characters. gonna be you're gonna be eating stuff later on. She was a right piece of sexy. <laughs> oh God! With eyes and a nose, and massive sultry ears, the type you could swing off and shout, "Knockers time!" 
<laughs> I feel that I've been proven a certain amount of right. I don't, I don't think you have. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you have. That's just one. Per- that's just Gret's opinion of the woman. That's yeah. not my opinion of the no, woman. No, of course not. I don't like massive sultry ears. I like small ears. <laughs> You're her from the window. It's not about preference. <laughs> my, my criticism <laughs> was not that <laughs> you have a particular preference, but more that you know you're treating female characters as you know objects to be sexed with. Um, you know whether it's their ears, <laughs> well, the size of their ears is irrelevant. <laughs> Why is it? Whether you like big ears or small ears, you're very much focused on what kind of ears you like. <laughs> to, on the women you're going to have sex with. Listen, I'm not that's, the, this is a fa- that's the pure, this is the principal concern. He it, says she's got nice ears. What's wrong with that? There's nothing sexist about appreciating a person's ears. No, unless that's all you've done. You just talk about um, their ears and their boobs. <laughs> you're going to be eating stuff later. Okay, I look forward to eating stuff. Go on. Yeah, this, is, this is a fully formed female character and you're going to be like... <laughs> Stuff on the other side of your face. All right, well, I hope so. I mean, I, I think the point stands that the first thing you said was about her appearance, but... Uh, That's what you think. <laughs> until I get proved wrong, and I look forward to that. You will get proved wrong. Okay, let's go. I mean, this bit's going to be all about what she looks like. <laughs> but um, what you're saying is I've got to hold off and believe that things are going to be redressed later. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going to get okay. redressed. Yeah. Or undressed, maybe. <laughs> I don't know who could say. <clears throat> you're her from the window, he blurted out, spraying her with volivant. Am I? She replied, wiping dorsal rostral spine from her cheek. What? Wiping dorsal rostral spine from her cheek. It's a bit of prawn. It's prawn volivant. Okay. Yes, I saw your bazookas. Oh, they were magnificent. (laughs) She blushed. She blushed and Gret noted that she was all the more beautiful when her head was full of blood. (laughs) Good line. thought you'd like that line. Yeah, I do like that. When I wrote that line, I thought, this is the line that Rufus will like best. (laughs) Yes. My father insists I'm weapon-trained. He says I should be prepared for all eventualities. One bazooka, madam, seems over-prepared, said Gret. Two bazookas seems fucking like owning another bazooka. He regretted using all his powers of wit on that canopy joke. See, they're actual bazookas. They're actual bazookas. Okay, I take I it. I fooled you. I take it all back, except for the bit about the ears, which stands. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't her first appearance, no, it turns yeah, out. Yeah. That was actually her second appearance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the first time she'd been like playing with guns. Yes. And and that's that's in no way sexist. <laughs> a woman standing in a window fondling I'm, some massive who's guns. Who's to say she was probably naked while she was playing with <laughs> yeah. playing with those big guns. Her boots about, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was happening. That was definitely happening. I've got to say that I have stuff on the other side of my face and I now have to eat stuff. <laughs> yeah, you can eat the stuff off the other side of your face okay, right? and then it won't be there anymore. Alright, I'll do that. You carry on. Um, <clears throat> would you like to play with them? Would I? <laughs> Gret followed her upstairs and she got her bazookas out and he played with them. (laughs) Classic binge leaf moment. They're really heavy, he said. And long, she said. Do you like them? Do you like my bazookas? (laughs) Any, Any grace you had... Any grace you had for the, the fact of them being actual bazookas has now been lost. All right, you've pushed you've pushed that double entendre so hard that it's now spunked up all over the floor. Are still bazookas, just regular bazookas. Yeah, I know, but uh, it does It no longer matters. Okay, fine. Okay, I've got, I'll take this. I'll eat this stuff off your face. Okay, thank you. Okay, Gret nodded. He had got a massive chub on. It was so obvious. It made the bazookas seem small, and there was no concealing it. 
That is a pretty big penis he's got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're saying is that Gret's penis makes bazookas look small. <laughs> yeah. I've got a massive chub on, he said. <laughs> Ooh, it is massive, she said. <laughs> and, said Gret, it is a chub on. <laughs> is, it, is it for me? She asked ever so softly. Oh, Lady Smythe, said Gret, shifting the elastic in his pants to stop the chafing. It may sound corny, but in a funny way, I think every chub on I've ever had has been for you. Oh, that's a nice line. Yeah. yeah even though it's also not, mm. it's a nice line. Yeah, I was, I was, trying, to, I was trying to find a way of in, injecting some romance into an otherwise <laughs> disgusting scene. Yeah, I think you did that quite well. She swooned. Then she got it out and admired it. Of course. My toe-toe wasn't always this big, he told her. In fact, my parents were expecting a girl. They had the name Greta all picked out. You call your penis a toe-toe? Yes, because it's like a toe, but it has two purposes instead of one. If you had pressed him on the subject, he couldn't have told you the purpose of a regular toe. Ah, a toe-toe, yes, I see. Uh, do you have a nickname for your bit? I call it Australia. That was that was his voice just <laughs> infected hers a bit then. I call it Australia. Oh, because of the bush, he asked. No, she said, because it's had a lot of criminals in it. <laughs> they had a whirlwind romance, which in this case means that their rumpy pumpy was so vigorous the house seemed to spin around and Toto went to Oz. <laughs> they had sex, basically. <laughs> Gret smoked a post-coital kipper. I love you. Well, I love you, Lady Smythe, said Gret, actually thinking he meant it. Please, uh, oh, Scottish, Scottish, please, call me Jimberly, she said. Jimberly? Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Why? It's my name. Hold on a Jesus-picking moment. But you, you are a girl, aren't you? Said Gret, suddenly thinking back to the whirlwind romance and how she'd insisted on only being bummed. <laughs> of course I am. Then why wouldn't you let me do the front bottom? And why do you have a man name? <laughs> Two very good reasons which are intricately linked, she said, and stared off into the middle distance as the strains of violin came from the ballroom. Listen, sugar ears, I haven't got time for exposition. I'd better be getting back to the shindig before I get the sack. Please don't go, she said pleadingly, <laughs> turning into Michael Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go, she said pleadingly, her ears glinting in the moonlight. I'm scared that I'll get eaten by a giant crab. Yes, I, I can see how you would be, he said. <laughs> but I, I'm not going far. Don't worry, he lied. As Gret hurried down the stairs, pulling his trousers back on his head, he bumped straight into an irate-looking old fogey. Where the devil have you been? demanded his employer, with a voice like an asthmatic who had accidentally inserted his inhaler up the wrong hole. I was, um, just talking to Lady Smythe. Lord Smythe looked at him incredulously. Incre Lord Smythe looked at him Lord Smythe looked at him incredulously. Not incredulously. Not incredulously. Incredulously. Not such man. Lady Smythe died 20 years ago. The music suddenly stopped. Was Gret involved in an adventure involving a spooky ghost, he wondered? Oh, sorry, you mean my daughter, Lady Jimberly Smythe. The conductor picked up his baton, apologised and started up the band again. Well, I don't want you hanging around her. She has the curse. Of crabs? Oh, okay. Gret involuntarily scratched his toe-toe. I beg your... Oh, no, it says I peg your barn. I peg your barn, he said. There is an ancient crabby curse upon all the women of our family. It took my wife and her mother before her and her mother before that and before that her grandmother. 
In ancient Egypt, so it is told, our ancestor, Lord Ridgewell Fumblin McGoggin Smythe Eleventh, desecrated the tomb of Akra-Man, stealing away the mummified corpse of his daughter, Akra-Mandy, since that piteous day, whensoever a woman of the clan Smythe has sexy time, the very day afterwards, the giant crab of Akra-Man will come and steal them away. Naturally, we gave Jimberley a man-name to try and conceal her true gender, but really, can a fake name fool an all-seeing dead Egyptian god? Especially when she's got those enormous bazookas, hmm? I hope to God I never find out. So, there, that's the story. Don't you be sleeping with her. Oh, hold on a truffle-snuffling tick. Where did your daughter come from if the crab nicked your wife directly after you did the dirty? I adopted her. An orphan, said Gret, his antsy love feelings growing in sympathy. So, why didn't you adopt a boy? Isn't that obvious? I'm an inbred posh fucking moron. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Good. One final question, if I may. This sex business with your daughter, I suppose, er, uh, I suppose it's okay to do her up the back passage? No, that's worse crab's love anal. That would only make the crab come faster. <laughs> Why do you ask? Suddenly a huge crash and a blood-curdling scream came from on high. Sorry, I thought that was going to be, suddenly a huge crab <laughs> <laughs> came in and took the woman. The end. <laughs> that is kind of the end, but uh, you don't see the crab. Okay. Suddenly a huge crap. <laughs> Suddenly a huge crash and a blood-curdling scream came from on high. The two men raced up the spiral staircase, but by the time they had arrived in the attic room, Lady Smythe was gone, and there was just a torn dress, a spattering of lumpy blood, and a massive crab-shaped hole in the wall. What will happen next? Will Gret become a detective just like in that dream he had that time involving people turning into books? Or will Gret just find a new girlfriend without crabs instead? Or will Gret fly around the world really fast and reverse engineer an earthquake? Find out if Rufus can resist the urge to do time travel in the second thrilling instalment of Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs. Chapter 2, Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of Lois Lane Coming Back Out of a Hole. The continuing adventures of Gret Binchley, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. Okay, so the plot so far. Gret Binchleaf, amateur pie avoider and professional space wizard, <laughs> met the rich and beautiful girl of his dreams, only to have her kidnapped by a magic Egyptian crab because of an ancient misogynistic curse that means all Smythe family women get abducted by crabs if they ever dare to have sex, and especially bum sex. What chance does a stupid magician have against a great big flipping crab? And will, <laughs> that's a good question, right? and will he ever see his briefly beloved Lady Jimberly Smythe again? Find out now in Chapter 2 of Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs. <laughs> and Chapter 2, Let's Gret Ready to Rumble. <laughs> mm. I knew you'd like that. Sorry, I couldn't laugh. I was just drinking water Ooh. at the exact moment you decided to give yeah. me the title. It's all right. So I had to clap instead, which, which made a really loud noise, and you have to edit it out. Okay, so, so, so yeah. silence. what you missed there, listener, was uh, Howard going crazy with excitement <laughs> over how amazing my title is and how it kind of references a PJ and Duncan song from the 90s, right? Uh, That's what you're thinking, right? Because mm. it's not, I mean, they didn't invent that phrase. No, they didn't. But they did. Phrase. They made it theirs. Yeah. Okay, so chapter two. Let's Gret ready to rumble. <clears throat> well, said Gret, looking at... Well, said Gret, looking at the bloodstains on the floor and the giant crab-shaped hole in the wall. 
I think it's safe to say that we'll never know what happened here. (laughs) I'm guessing she probably went off to live in France or something. Or maybe she went on holiday to France. Or perhaps she just nipped to the bathroom in France. Should we go to France and look for her? (laughs) Gret was unusually eager to go to France. (laughs) What about the big crab-shaped hole in the wall? asked Lord Smythe. Maybe she left in a crab-shaped car? This room is on the fourth floor, you dimbecile. <laughs> Gret squared up to Lord Smythe. It was time to open a can of no shit-taking from no one. Look, I don't know what happened to your daughter, you old git. I'm a space wizard, not a detective. <laughs> Good. Fortunately for everyone here, said a voice, I am a detective. Gret looked up and was surprised to see a spooky ghost walk in. Hey! <laughs> Yeah, It's a spooky ghost, he said, pointing at the spooky ghost. Gret knew it was a ghost because it had a white sheet over its head. (laughs) Dad, what's happening? asked the spooky ghost. Your sister got abducted by one of those giant crabs because this wizard put his cotton chips in her newspaper. I didn't know such thing, said Gret. I just bummed her. Gret wasn't too good with euphemisms. He preferred (laughs) mephemisms. Oh, we knew this would happen. We always knew that someday she'd meet someone, someone irresistible, and in a moment of desperate weakness, she'd succumb. She didn't suck them, (laughs) Greg clarified. (laughs) She sucked one of them, but she wouldn't go near the other one because she said it looked like her uncle. Which one? She's got 17 uncles. She said he was called Professor Doctor Who, (laughs) Gret replied innocently. This is your fault, the spooky ghost said to Gret, managing to look annoyed despite not having a face. If you had kept your sausage in your own mash and away from my sister's egg and chips, she'd still be here, you absolute chin banana. I didn't come here to be insulted by a ghost after falling in love with a woman who got abducted by a giant crab because I bummed her, said Gret, (laughs) truthfully. (laughs) Oh, she isn't a ghost, said Lord Smythe. This is my other, younger daughter. You see, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, an, it's the, I'm, I'm basically, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm giving you as many, as many running gags as you could possibly have to choose from. And the, the mistaken belief that someone's a ghost is, yeah. is one of them. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not all, the only one. Yeah. But it's always going to be his daughter though. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to have eight daughters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good. Uh, okay. So blah, blah, blah. So chin banana. Said Gretchen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she isn't a ghost. Said Lord Smythe. This is my other younger daughter. My name's Susan, said the not-ghost. Gret frowned. Susan? he asked, somewhat trepidantly. Yes, Susan replied. Susan Cheese in a Bag. Your name's Susan Cheese in a Bag? Gret asked. Yes. Does that strike you as odd? Gret considered this for a moment. On balance, no, he replied. (laughs) I went to school with a girl called Hamela, and my ex-wife was called Trevelyn. I suppose being called Susan Cheese in a Bag is quite normal. Do you mind if I just call you Susan? Yes, I do. My name is Susan Cheesinabag, and you will kindly use it when you address me. OK, Susan Cheesinabag, said Gret, starting to feel that this conversation had gone on far too long and repeated the name Susan Cheesinabag too many times. That's Miss Susan Cheesinabag to you, said Susan Cheesinabag. <laughs> <laughs> and Gret silently decided to ignore her and call her Susan. Why have you got a sheet over your head? he asked. I always wear a sheet on my head, said Susan, so the crabs can't find me. We were going to make her invisible, interrupted Lord Smythe, who, despite not having spoken for a little while, was not dead yet. But then it turns out that that's impossible, so we just threw a sheet over her instead. 
But you haven't even cut any eye holes. Well, of course not. What if I see some irresistible man and I'm so overcome with raunchiness that I rip off my sheet and bum him right there? Oh, that, that's actually a very clever plan. Gret found himself warming to Susan Cheese in a Bag and... <laughs> Not in a sex way, which was out of character for Gret, as he was normally a slobbering, sex-crazed misogynist. Perhaps it was the confident way she had taken control of the situation. Perhaps it was her obvious intelligence. Or perhaps it was because she had a sheet over her head, <laughs> covering everything except her socks and trainers. But for once, Gret didn't feel it necessary to describe her boobs and nothing else. <laughs> like he did at least 50% of the time when he met a woman. What a sad world, where a woman has to wear a sheet over her head to avoid being disregarded as little more than a kind of boob transportation device. <laughs> Was something Gret didn't think, because he'd been distracted by the memory of Jimbly Smythe and her enormous melons. They were lovely melons, he said aloud, remembering the way she'd squeezed one gently before getting a knife out and slicing it into bite-sized pieces, which they'd then eaten together because they were actual melons. <laughs> Who are you? Susan demanded, interrupting Gret's fruity daydream. The name's Leaf. Gret Binch Leaf. But you can call me Gret. Gret? What kind of a ridiculous name is Gret? asked Susan, cheese in a bag. My parents wanted to call me Brett, but they were scared of bees. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Leaf, since you're responsible for my sister's crabduction, perhaps you'd like to help me solve this mystery and get her back again. Um, not really, said Gret, edging towards the door. You can start, said Susan, in a forceful manner that reminded Gret of the way his mother had spoken to his father while she was punching him, by describing everything in this room to me. What? Why do you want me to do that? I am a world-renowned consulting detective, Mr. Leaf, but I am somewhat hampered by this sheet over my head. OK, well, let's see, Gret began. There's two wine glasses on the bedside table and the bedclothes are in a mess, as if someone's recently had some brief but energetic bouncy squidge time, which they have, because it was me. Oh, I did it on top of your sister, did I mention that? There's a torn dress on the floor, but that was me as well. I ripped it off your sister before bum splooging her. There's a plate on the desk with one of those can of peas on it. A can of peas? Like a tiny pie, but less scary. A canopy. That's the one. And there's also a can of peas on the floor. I think they might have fallen out of my bag. I like peas. <laughs> yeah. Get on with it, Mr Leaf. There's lots of pictures of horses on the wall. And they're all completely naked. Except that one, who's got a hat on. There's a pair of women's shoes under the bed, and a book, and a half-eaten banana on the bedside table, and a giant crab by the window. <laughs> Gret looked around. She probably wouldn't be interested in the bloodstains or the piece of paper with the words The Zip Was Sacred, scrawled hurriedly on it with Jimberly's signature at the bottom. Did you say, a giant crab? Susan asked in a nervous whisper. A giant crab, yes, between the window and the bed, and I think he's about to... Hang on, hang on a minute. Yes, I was right. He's eaten your dad. <laughs> what? Your dad, Lord Smythe. He's bitten him in half. There's really just a pair of legs standing there now. Oh, no, hang on. Yep, they've fallen over. Gret, come with me. Susan Cheesenabag took Gret's arm and quickly ran straight into a wall. She put her hand out, fumbling for the open doorway, where she would have fallen down the marble stairs if Gret hadn't saved her by being a big, immovable lump. After some confusion, they made it through the door and down the spiral staircase. Gret could hear the sound of noisily scuttling feet behind them as the crab struggled to gain purchase on the shining stone of the mansion's antique floors. They reached the main entrance hall and Susan pulled him to one side. In here, she said, opening a hidden doorway by pulling a statue's spear down or tilting a book out or saying a magic word or something. 
When they were inside the tiny compartment, Susan pulled the wall closed behind them, ignoring the screams of the guests being eaten by a giant crab. She pressed a button on the wall, and the compartment started to descend. <laughs> this is a lift, Gret said, unnecessarily. We've always known this day would come, Gret. We've always known that one day, the curse of the crabs would become unmanageable. So, what, we're going to hide in the cellar until they go away? Good plan. <laughs> no, Gret, we are a rich family. This moment has been prepared for. Not very bleeding well, thought Gret, considering that your sister was kidnapped and your dad got eaten by a crab. <laughs> the lift shuddered to a halt, and Susan pulled the door open noisily. We're not entirely without resources in our fight against the crab ductors, she said. Gret gaped at what now lay before him. Shit fucking cock rabies! <laughs> he exclaimed gratuitously. One thing was for sure. After this, nothing in his life would ever be the same again. <laughs> what surprising and completely unexpected life-changing thing has Gret seen in the underground chamber? Why is the crab eating the other guests? Did they all have bum sex with Binchleaf? And what chance do a space wizard and a posh one with a sheet over her head have against an army of giant crabs? Or just one giant crab? Or even just like a regular crab? <laughs> Find out in the next strawberry flavoured chapter of Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs.